Welcome to Perspectives. I am your host, David Howard. Thank you for joining me once more, as my desire is that each podcast speaks to your heart while answering your prayers in the most incredible way. Goliaths of history and their inconceivable accomplishments come and go as disputes surface about who is truly the greatest. The word great, as defined by Merriam-Webster, is a noun meaning an outstandingly superior or skillful person. The illustration can be applied to a great number of people, both past and present, but the applicability thereof may not be entirely accurate. Likewise, the fundamental elements of that self-same truth rest upon the vantage point of those telling the story. There is an expression that is now commonplace as the exploits of one are measured against another of similar or equitable stature, which is the greatest of all time, or in its abbreviated term, GOAT. Matthew chapter 18 verses 1 through 4 tell us, At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? And calling to him a child, he put him in the midst of them and said, Truly I say to you, unless you turn and become like children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Whoever humbles himself like this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Today's podcast is titled, Unquestionably, The Greatest of All Time. What defines someone's greatness in the pantheon of history? From empires and timeless figures to explorers and modern day athletes, one may simply question the quantifiable criteria. Is it based upon feats of strength or one's intellect? such as Philippides, who during the Battle of Marathon ran to Athens, the tale of its outcome, or the sprawling conquest of lands and peoples by Alexander the Great and the Roman Empire. Does it address the artistic talents of a Michelangelo or a Rembrandt, or the scientific discoveries of Sir Isaac Newton and Albert Einstein? Or is it simply a matter of amassing wins on the fields of athletic competition? While each are worth mentioning, I am in no wise attempting to discredit what others have achieved or accomplished, nor minimize the significance of their impact on the world at large. But if we are to be honest and place them in perspective, no pun intended, How would they or do they or how does anyone compare to the greatness of Jesus who fulfilled a singular purpose, something that no other could achieve either before or since? He gave his life for the entirety of humanity because his love for us was just that great. What makes us so obsessive to compare as if the measurement of God that he used to create us 
is so inadequate. We are no longer content with how he made us in his image, but often pursue the praise and adulation of others as if God is not enough. Celebrity and fortune often override the goodness of a living God when those that now speak the loudest are brash and offensive become the rule rather than the exception. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3 tells us, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Is Jesus great? Of course he is. The appropriate question is how great is he to us? We marvel at the inordinate achievements of others and yet are less than amazed at the wondrous works of the universe's creator. We seek to run faster, jump higher, get richer, look more appealing, have more friends, all in an effort to cling steadfastly to that which is temporal, but soon fades as the blaze of grass under the noonday sun. And while I find myself desiring more at times as well, the Lord is quick to remind me as with Paul that his grace is and will always be sufficient. We are reminded again and again throughout scripture that if anyone desires to be great, it begins with the utmost measure of humility and rests within the deepest recesses of our hearts to be a servant. But we cannot carry forth the character and attributes of Christ unless we allow the ground to be broken, which is our will, and the seeds to take root, which is God's word. In declaring the enormity of Jesus' greatness, many may avow that they know not such an individual or allege his feats were neither spectacular or epic. And yet others will highlight his humility and meekness and consider them signs of weakness, simply relegating his works to those of a now deceased martyr. How can Jesus be great when his very nature did not depict the tangible attributes of strength and fearlessness, brashness, bravery, and boldness that we are accustomed? Several unknowingly may ask, as in the Old Testament, wherefore did he demonstrate his power and authority? And I answer, by demonstrating the fullness of his grace and mercy. They may ask, what did he create? And my response is, he created us in his image and everything around us. What did he discover? And I will say that he discovered the hidden secrets of men's hearts. Some will reply, did he climb Mount Everest? And the answer is no, but he created it. And others will ask, did he sail around the world and upon the seas? And he did not, but he walked upon the waters. Or did he discover new lands? And the answer is, not really. But his death and resurrection 
is known to the entire world and spoken in every language and every tongue. The diaries of history long ago faded and mostly forgotten or littered with all inspiring people. However, none in their greatest capacity, while the world stood in wonder of their works, were able to heal the persistent heartache and sorrow that torment the souls of men. While having everything imaginable, none can answer the rich man's feeling of emptiness or fill the stomachs of the hungry while giving them hope for tomorrow or answer the poor's plea for justice. Just as well, none have the power to wash away our sin and grant us access to the throne of mercy. Who among them would pause if only for a moment as the waves crashed about us and the storm raged, as we ask as the disciples in Mark chapter four, verse 38, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Out of the midst of sin, only he could save us. Yes, these titans of history garner vast amounts of attention, if only for a moment, causing us to comprehend the world and acknowledge our place of eminence therein. But none, no matter how celebrated, can offer the promise of an eternal destiny called heaven. Peter attests in Acts chapter 5, verses 5 through 12, after being arrested, and it says, And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have you done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders of Israel, if we this day are judged for a good deed done to a helpless man, by what means he has been made well, let it be known to you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man stands here before you whole. This is the stone which was rejected by the builders, which has become the chief cornerstone. Nor is there salvation in any other, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I can explore the depths of sea and space and create grand architecture comparable to the wonders of the world, win championships after championships and receive the highest of awards such as the Nobel Peace Prize. But do any allow me to assume the greatest moniker. Suppose I accomplish all that and more, but failed to acknowledge through whom the very ransom was paid for my redemption. A price so high that it took someone far greater than an ageless icon or a childhood idol. It took a savior, Jesus Christ, the son of a living God. Greater than who? When speaking of Jesus' greatness, 
There is no equivalent. There are no equals. There is none greater. Romans chapter 5 verses 6 through 8 tell us, For when we were still without strength in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Thank you once again for listening. If you like what you have heard, please subscribe or leave a comment on the Anchor, Spotify, Breaker, or Overcast podcast platforms. Or send me an email at howarddc42 at yahoo.com. Also, Perspectives has a YouTube channel. Simply type in Perspectives and my name, David C. Howard, Please join me again next week. And until then, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you until we meet again.